Eve. Hello, hello. I like to leave a little bit of silence just for the music to play out. I, I know, I am. It's like she's, she's missed it. She's missed the cue. She, does she know we're here? I'm, I'm listening to the music. Oh, the music will have gone now. You're just bopping along silently. Only because that's the way you edit it. Um, Would you like background <laughs> in background music through the whole through the whole episode? Kind of takes away from the intensity cool. of some of the topics. I think that is true. That is true. Awesome sound effects. Anyway, welcome to Quick Brew. I am Vicky, and I'm Katie. And if you haven't joined us before, welcome. Quick Brew is the little sister, little aversion, teeny tiny, teeny tiny companion to Strong Tea. The reason why it's a teeny tiny companion is because it's just me and Katie. We don't have a guest joining us for Quick Brews. However, we still keep the intensity of the topics coming. We still talk about topics that are taboo or can be considered taboo and things that we think people should be learning more about and definitely talking about more. Absolutely. And as it's Quick Brew, as part of the Strong Tea brand and family, what are you drinking, Katie? I'm going for another first today. I haven't tried this. This is out of my January sales purchasing from the wonderful folk at Bird and Blend. I've gone for loose leaf tea in my little Mm -hmm. diffuser thing, which, by the way, I think I overfilled and some bits have sort of seeped out. So I've got some sort of stuff floating in the cup. But I've gone for fruit salad and not fruit salad as in fruit fruit salad, fruit salad as in the glorious childhood penny sweets. I think I've had that before and it tastes incredible. It's got loads of stuff in. When I was pouring it into the little diffuser, it's got apple pieces, hibiscus, rosehip, elderberries, freeze-dried raspberries, like whole freeze-dried raspberries, lemongrass, orange blossom, orange peel and strawberry pieces. Amazing. How Mm. does it taste? Haven't haven't tried it yet. Hold on. Don't burn your face. Mmm. Nice. And yeah. I, the smell's really good. And I think I've brewed it for the exact right amount of time. Because sometimes nice. I leave it in too long. Sometimes I don't leave it in long enough. And it's got a really, oh, the aftertaste. Oh. <laughs> the aftertaste that's left on my tongue. Mm, that is mm. like I've just eaten a fruit salad sweet. Um, good effort, Bird and Blend. Well done. Um, <laughs> what are you drinking? Is it as exciting? Um, No, I'm Let sorry. <laughs> It's, um, it's, uh, I can't even think of the words. This is going to be a long episode, folks. <laughs> um, chamomile and honey, because if you can detect the bungedness in my voice, I, I am poorly. Oh, folks, I wish this was visual because Vicky is wrapped <laughs> up in the most adorable. What, what is that? It's What's like it called? A, well, it's a, like, it's a blankie with a hood. But I live in this now. A, a bloody. A bloody. So without, <sighs> trademarking it's like an oodle but it's not a noodle it's um yeah so I've got it I'm, I'm cozy I live here now an oodle yeah an oodle it's 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 a blanket with sleeves and a hood is that a, is that a thing is that a brand it's a thing yeah oh. it's a thing yeah but it's not an oodle so I've just given a brand name that I'm not using other um, other blankets with sleeves other are blankets available. are available <laughs> thank you um so yeah so you're in your be- little cocoon today Oh, it's really nice. Have you got the brains not stuffed up there as well? Not quite. Not quite. I didn't Gary? get time. Oh Lord, no. <laughs> she she's being a pain in the rear end. So if you do hear her going off on one in the background, I do apologise again. <laughs> it oh. wouldn't be an episode without her. That's true. That's true. Security. So talking of episodes, 
let's crack on with today. Now, this is something I have been chomping at the bit to talk about for a long, long time. And the title for it is something I can, can't really say. So that's interesting. So <laughs> it's social media toxicity. There we are. Yes, nailed it first. Yay. Um, and we're going to be talking about this today. How just how toxic is social media? Um, I wanted to talk about it for a long time because my core business before I um went on maternity leave many moons ago uh, is all marketing and social media. And I spend an awful lot of time on social media. And since the days when Facebook first started, it has changed so much since then. And I think we need to talk about it now, not just for our children's sake, but also for people now um, yeah. who it's affecting because it's it's a big deal. So I'm going to start off with mm-hmm. some statistics that um, come from the year 2022. So not that long ago. So people aged 16 to 64, how long on average do you reckon they spend on their phone a day on social media? On average, I think probably an hour two hours 27 minutes a day Gosh. that's 16 to 64 so I imagine that's sort of like maybe the younger yeah. ones are on it a lot more than the older ones and it balances it out but it's still quite a lot isn't it that's a lot yeah mm. yeah um of the people who were interviewed um and they were using continuous multiple social media platforms per day showed signs of an anxiety disorder disorder what percentage do you reckon that was i reckon 35 percent, 31 percent okay yeah okay. and finally um 60 of adults check their social media how many times a day do you reckon i'm going with a rounded three 10 or more <gasps> serious yes yes wow so social media is a place where you can post anything you want you can talk about your life you can talk about your religion you can talk about your sexual preferences you can post pictures of your family yourself your body everything you have the freedom of speech to do exactly what you want on social media does that mean you have to accept anyone else's freedom of speech now i don't i don't agree with that that you should take the negative all that negative stuff and people trolling but the argument is there that if you've got a right to post it someone's got Mm -hmm. a right to comment on it Mm -hmm. um now sam smith has posted their new video this week which is insane yeah um and the trolls are in their element some of the stuff i have seen written is just disgusting and i know we're going to come on and talk about this later and looking at how it's affected different people's lives um you know looking specifically of the more recent uh promoted Mm -hmm. things emily attack um has been in the media and also obviously all the stuff with prince harry and how the media and everything on the internet is portraying Mm -hmm. him i think it's really important that we need to talk about what social media is doing for people so vicky go back to my question do you think it should mean freedom of speech for everyone do you think if you post a picture of your daughter on social media that allows anyone to is it right that anyone can comment on that I think 
people should and do have a right to put whatever they want as long as it's not oppressive it's not hateful it doesn't incite aggression then it's not freedom of speech I agree with what you're saying I absolutely agree yeah 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 no I understand but if if people are curbing their own opinions it's not freedom of speech I get what you're saying Mm. You've backed me into a corner here. Sorry, I knew you said, but I know the answer to the easy. question. Yeah, you no. warned me that there was a question. You didn't warn me it was going to be flipping Phil- philosophical out there. No, I just, I, I think it's, it's, it's a topic that um, Neil and I discuss on frequent occasions, yeah. and the most recent one. And I hate to use this term, um, but it's the only way that everyone will know what I'm talking about. But the trans debate. I don't think it should yeah, be called the trans debate. It shouldn't be called it, the trans debate. It yeah. shouldn't. But you have trans people yeah. on one side of the argument and you have TERFs on the other. Mm-hmm. And the hatred that is spewing currently mm-hmm. is taking away from all the important stuff that yeah. needs to be done for trans people. Now, those, you know, you, you could say everyone's entitled to an opinion, but there's so much hate fueled by it. It's so incredibly difficult to, yeah. to work out where you draw the line. And that's what obviously Elon Musk has done, isn't he? He's just like, you know what? Freedom of speech, everyone can say what they want to say. And loads mm. of people are gone, don't like this, really toxic and nasty. We're off to Mastodon. I think I think for me, it's there is a line between having your opinion. For example, we're both blonde, so I can say this. All blonde people, all blonde women are stupid. <gasps> How dare you? But do you know what I mean? That's an opinion. All <laughs> yeah. blonde people are yeah. stupid. But then there's we should boycott all blonde people or don't give a job to a blonde girl because they're not going to be able to do it properly. Mm. Or blonde girls are renowned for beating people up. Mm. Or, you know, don't let a blonde girl into a changing room. Not making too finer a point on my front, but do you see what I mean? There is a thin line between an opinion, which is not fact. It may be coming from a place of misinformation which i'll talk about later that's fine but you own that opinion Mm. you do not enforce it to make it fact if it is oppressive if it's racist if it's homophobic if it's any kind of discrimination for me that's not right no, but like you're saying, freedom of speech kind of indicates that being racist, being transphobic, being homophobic, being, it's okay. you know, it's okay. Mm. I know. And it's it's such a hard thing to do because where do you, for the people that, you know, at the top of these huge social media platforms, where do you draw the line? Yeah. If you're saying, well, no, you know, you can't, you know, there are some factions in America and and right everywhere in the world that are inherently racist and are diehard racist people. And, you know, if Twitter says you um you can't be on here. I mean, to be fair, there are a lot of rules, obviously, and regulations about, you know, things that can be reported and you can be blocked and banned off these things. But that doesn't stop someone doing it on a one off and really hurting someone's feelings. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a good story about that that I'll share later. But it's, oh, okay. 
yeah so it's a, a real life account of something that happened when something offensive in people's eyes were put on social media and it yeah caused a massive amount of damage okay Okay, and I, I think it's it's also important at this point to say that we're talking about social media. Social media can be a wonderful place. It has the potential to keep people in touch right across the world. Um, people use it for business, um, for reuniting families, for finding long-lost relatives. You know, all sorts of wonderful things happen on social media. However, we're focusing on things today, and it... It says some of the negative sides of media, depression, anxiety, catfishing, bullying, terrorism, and criminal activities. And that's what we're talking about. It's today. not a happy episode. <laughs> it's not. It's not. And I feel like it could get quite heated because obviously we've just yeah. discussed that there. We both feel the same. Yeah. We sit on the side of, you know, being extremely liberal and wanting to have rights for people that deserve to have rights. But then you could argue there are extremists right at the other end. And we should all be able to have our say. Yeah. So take it away and talk about why social media is bad for our mental health or how is it impacting How is it health? toxic? Okay, so it's just become so embedded in our everyday life, right? We don't wow. even think twice before opening our phone. And Statistica um, in February 2022 um, highlighted that 84% of the UK use social media. Okay, so that's a that's huge. And, and as you I'm said, guessing, I'm guessing the, the remaining percentage is really old people and babies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people that can't pick up a phone. Yeah, funny enough, that's probably getting younger as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ellie knows how to work her tablet better than I do. Oh god. Um, so yeah, how you're, old is she? She's four. Wow. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, so as you said before, it was just to stay in touch with friends and family, but it's evolved and it's now including entertainment, how you get your news, uh, mm. for shopping, um, right up to talking to famous people, you know, famous people, celebrities, people you admire. They're one click away now from you actually contacting them. Yeah. And some of these practices are, they could be quite overwhelming, but also it's, it could be downright toxic how all this is put together and the connectivity that we have with social media. So it can cause depression. And there was a University of Pennsylvania study and they took 143 undergraduates. They were randomly assigned to either limit their Facebook, Instagram and chat, sorry, Snapchat. See, I'm so old, I can't even say it. Um, to limit their use of those social media platforms for 10 minutes per day or to use social media as usual for three weeks. Mm -hmm. So the results were that the limited use group that only had 10 minutes, they showed significant reductions in loneliness and depression over the three weeks compared to the other group. Um, they also showed a significant decrease in anxiety and fear of missing out, which kind of suggests a benefit increase to, to that self-monitoring process. Mm -hmm. So the findings strongly suggest that limiting social media to approximately about 30 minutes a day can lead to significant improvement of well-being. So the impact on depression is, is huge with social yeah. media. Yeah. And it can also impact your self-esteem. Mm -hmm. So edited photos and videos online, even when you know that they're not real, 
it kind of sets that unrealistic ideal or expectation. And a small study in 2018, which you can find on the National Library of Medicine, they identified a correlation between the time spent on social media and negative body image and disordered eating. Um, And this was especially true if participants were scrolling through appearance-related content like the account of a fitness instructor or a model on Instagram. And that's for men and women, by the way, which I'll go talk a little bit about later. Um, But it's bad for impulse control and addiction. So this is obviously quite a new thing. Um, But social media addiction is a behavior addiction in which a person can become reliant on social media And it's to distract them from difficult emotions, induce positive feelings. And that's despite the negative consequences that they may experience as a result of its excessive use. So 3.1 billion social media users worldwide with an average person spending almost two hours a day on their phone. And it's estimated that of that 3.1 billion, 210 million people suffer from Internet or social media addiction. Wow. How that happens, if you're wondering, it's a lot, right? It's a lot. And how they think that happens is, and and you, you feel it when, when your brain experiences, um, when you open your social media, the brain rises in dopamine each time you open it because it begins to identify that it's a rewarding activity. So it, it, that kind of happy hormone, Mm -hmm. each dopamine rush from social media it's really fleeting it's really quick meaning that you've got to use it more and more to feel that same pleasure again and again so naturally this makes you want to keep checking your social media and to increase your your screen time so you keep continuing that cycle of dopamine hit dopamine release and and stuff but this is how psychological dependence on social media can build over time and that leads to addiction that's crazy so it's crazy isn't it it's Mm. but not if you think about it because if people are checking it at least 10 times a day and that's on average and I'm one of those people I do I have my phone and I'm always just like I'll just check Facebook just check Twitter yeah just check Insta you know and it's just it's I, I did I almost do it without thinking now yeah, exactly. It becomes habitual. And it, this leads to the next point of having an effect on mental health is that it's it lowers your level of productivity. So if you're at work or you're doing stuff, I mean, how many of us have started scrolling and then looked up at the clock and gone, oh, my God, I've been doing that for like 40 minutes or I've been doing that for longer than I thought. Yeah. And the worst one for that, I find, is TikTok. I'm not on oh TikTok, God. so I'm. I oh can, yeah. God. I mean, it's amazing. But yeah, don't, and that's but, why. <laughs> but I think it's because it's the same as I try not to go on there. But now Instagram Reels, like yeah, up. addictive. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I I see that. But along with that, along with kind of the level of productivity, um, that impact on depression, a real catalyst for that is FOMO, fear of missing out, and mm-hmm. comparison. So yeah. in a twenty twenty one study of fifteen to thirty five year olds. The more they compared themselves to people they followed on social media, the more dissatisfied they became with their bodies and lifestyle. So researchers also pointed out that if the subjects were already dissatisfied with their bodies, it would increase that drive to compare themselves to others on social media. And you may have heard of fitspiration and thinspiration. 
mm-hmm. um, otherwise known as Fitspo and Thinspo. Never heard of that before. <laughs> they're, they're social media terms. The touch uh, of the those... touch of the platy jubes there. Platy jubes. <laughs> um, don't gonna make me laugh again. Um, I think his jubes sounds like boobs. Jubes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, if with Fitspo and Thinspo, these are kind of terms that are used on social media and relate to the accounts and images that actually encourage users to be fit and thin. And again. Studies have shown that both men and women are hugely influenced by this. Um, yeah, it's I've got the stats, but yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah, it, it is crazy. And did you know there's a, a new phenomenon that has been proposed by some researchers called Facebook depression, specifically depression that has been brought on by social media addiction it doesn't surprise me no it doesn't and it, it doesn't it says um uh facebook depression is defined as a depression that develops when individuals spend excessive amounts of time on social media sites such as facebook uh they then begin to exhibit classic symptoms of depression as with offline depression people who suffer from facebook depression are at risk of social isolation um and sometimes turn to risky internet sites and blogs for help inverted mm. commas that may promote substance abuse, unsafe sexual practices, aggression, yeah. and self-destructive behaviours. This goes back to your freedom of speech element where people are free to put whatever they want on the social media accounts, on the internet and so on, which could be false information, dangerous information. It It is a terrifying world, right? Well, yeah, especially when you think of when we were growing up, there was nothing like this. There was no internet was there to start with. And then when the internet did come around, it was dial up. And it yeah. took you like 10 years to get on Ash Jeeves, you know. Might as well go outside in the, on the curbs and play Kirby or go on your bikes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, and or go to a library to get the information you need. And now the way that the internet has evolved in that time yeah. is terrifying i mean i dread to think what it will be like in another 10 20 30 years so one of the biggest ones for impact on mental health obviously you're seeing things that you can compare yourself to which is quite negative fomo but there's also a fear of being shamed having negative uh feedback Mm -hmm. um hurtful oppressive nasty trolls okay so the risk of social media and impact to your health is that you may get shamed. Mm-hmm. You may get trolled. There is a fantastic book by John Ronson, who I just absolutely adore. Okay. I Hold abs- on a minute. Oh, okay. Someone yeah. called it John Ronson. Yeah. That's amazing. But carry on. Oh, honestly, the- he is incredible. He was chums with Louis Thoreau. So they're, you know... An- kind of both in that school of journalism investigative journalism but John Ronson I just I cannot praise enough his books are incredible and he wrote one called so you've been publicly shamed and it looks into the terrifying nature of online public shaming and you know he traces it back right to its historical um, roots the motivations behind modern public shaming and also tips um, if you find yourself <laughs> at the centre of a public shaming scandal. Oh, okay. So one of the stories that he outlines um, is about Lindsay Stone 
and her friend Jamie, who worked for Life, which was a Living Independently Forever, which was a group which um, organized trips for adults with learning difficulties. And on this particular trip, they visited the National Mall, the US Holocaust Memorial Museum, the Smithsonian, oh, I can't say that, <laughs> and the Arlington National Cemetery and the US Mint. Now, off duty, she and Jamie had a running joke where they would take stupid photographs like smoking in front of a no smoking sign or posing in front of statues, mimicking their pose and took took silly pictures. Mm -hmm. And so at Arlington, the National Cemetery, they saw a silence and respect sign. And that's when she said inspiration struck. So Lindsay posed in front of it, pretending that she was shouting and swearing, um, you know, flipping, flipping the bird um, with her hand and her mouth open. So Lindsay said, thinking we were being funny, Jamie posted it on Facebook and tagged me with my consent because I thought it was hilarious. Nothing much happened after that. A few Facebook friends posted unenthusiastic comments one had served in the military and he wrote a message saying, this is kind of offensive. I know you girls, but it's tasteless. Another said, I agree. And another said they agreed. And then she replied, whoa, it's just us being douchebags. Forget about it. After that, Jamie said to Lindsay, do you think we should take it down? And Lindsay said, no. She said, what's the big deal? No one's ever going to think about it again. Now, their Facebook settings were a bit of a mystery. And I must admit, when I look on mine, I see so many boxes. It's like, what? However, most of the most of the privacy boxes were ticked, but some weren't. Sometimes they'd half notice that the boxes they thought were ticked, but they weren't ticked. But what was key is that Jamie's mobile uploads weren't private. So four weeks after returning from their Washington trip, they were in a restaurant um, and they became aware that their phones were vibrating repeatedly so they went online quote lindsey stone hates the military and hates soldiers who have died in foreign wars quote you should rot in hell quote just pure evil quote spoke with an employee from life who has told me there are veterans on board and that she will be fired awaiting info on her accomplice quote after they fire her maybe she needs to sign up as a client the woman needs help quote send the dumb feminist to prison there are also death and rape threats on there as well. So by the time Lindsay went to bed that night at 4 a.m., um, the Fire Lindsay Stone Facebook page had been created and it attracted 12,000 likes. Lindsay read every comment. She said, I really became obsessed with reading everything about myself. And the next day, camera crews gathered outside her front door. So Life, the company, was inundated with emails demanding their jobs so Lindsay was called in to work, but she wasn't allowed in the building. Her boss met her in the car park and told her to hand over the keys. So literally overnight, everything she knew and loved had gone. And that's when she fell into depression, became an insomniac and barely left home for a year. So roll on a year and Lindsay hadn't typed her name into Google. She'd got a new job um, caring for children with autism. She was hoping things had calmed down. So when she did Google her name, the last time she, she it was on Veterans Day and she'd found some ex-army people, quote, wondering where I was and not in a good way. Mm. Now, OK, using that as an example. That photo that she said was, quote, hilarious. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's offensive to do that in a cemetery? 
Yeah, pretty much. And if you saw that, if one of your, if Lindsay was one of your friends and posted that, would you comment? Would you delete her? Would you report it? What What would be your? I probably, I probably, I probably contact her offline, and not being a pro, but I have done that with a couple of friends before, where they've posted something and I've gone, that's you know, not, not you know waving the inclusion banner to but that's that's not that's not funny it's not great um so yeah I wouldn't I probably wouldn't comment I contact them off off but there's that freedom of speech thing if that's how she is choosing to come across and then you've got to argue well Arlington Cemetery is one of the biggest military cemeteries in the world right you know it is a huge place of respect You've got to argue that the people in the military are in their rights to take offence. Yeah. But, you know, but then again, it's that whole, where do you ask people to draw the line? Oh, you can say that's offensive, but you can't send someone an abusive message. Yeah. And it's that blurred line, I think, that's a real, it's a real issue. I've, I got some statistics from a website and it, lists the most toxic apps that are out there mm-hmm. and of the people that interviewed 38 percent of re- uh, respondents said twitter had the most trolls yeah. compared with uh 26 who had problem with trolls on facebook and 14 percent on reddit so reddit seems to be a quite from what i can gather not necessarily wholesome in its content but it doesn't seem mm. to pick up as many as many trolls um so uh one of the one of the big things was ninety percent of people said that they'd seen racist posts by people in their network. Yeah, and in addition, eighty six percent said they'd seen a negative uh, seen negative content regarding sexual orientation and gender posted by people in their network. And what's noteworthy is while eighty seven percent said they'd block or unfollow someone if they dislike their social media content, only forty six percent actually admitted to interacting with someone in a negative manner online. So yeah. I've I've actually blocked and unfriended people. I mm-hmm. I have a huge block list on Twitter because anytime I see something, you know, we talked about my New Year's resolutions about not getting angry online. Yeah. My um basically my my block list is turfs and Trump supporters. <laughs> because I, I honestly reading some of this stuff makes my blood boil to the point mm. where I'm like Oh, I'm going to say something. So I just block them because I'm like, do you know what? I don't need that negativity. Yeah. And I've, I've unfriended people, people who are like COVID deniers. And I'm just like, oh God, give it a rest. You know, and anti-vaxxers, it's, that's fine if you're an anti-vaxxer, but don't try and push everything on me about how bad the vaccine is. If you don't want it, fine. But leave the people who want to get it to just get it. You know, and I suppose it's that people turning up at vaccine centers and anti-vaxxers turning up at vaccine yeah. centers. It's kind of that, but online, isn't it? Yeah. Have you ever yeah, un- unfriended anyone because of Oh yeah. Oh yeah. god, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the list is endless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a great blocker and unfollower. I just yeah, for the same reasons, it's a, almost like a self-preservation. Mm. Um but I do I do find myself, particularly on Twitter, if someone has, particularly with what's happening in Scotland and the decisions being made about 
you know um trans folk going into prisons and stuff like that it's obviously topical it's 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 something we're passionate about and interested in and so I do make the mistake of scrolling down into the comments section when there is kind of a news article or something and I can't help myself I just I have to read the negatives and I don't I don't know why I do that I just I fundamentally disagree with a lot of what I view as hateful unsupported arguments you know unfactual just hatred and I can't I can't stop looking do you think you read the uh, do you think you read the comments to try and see a balanced argument sometimes Mm. other times it makes me more my point of view more valid Mm -hmm. where I think well they're wrong in saying that because that didn't actually happen And so what you find is a lot of the things that people are saying are very ill-informed or it's untruths that they've just, again, I'll talk about that in a minute, but that kind of information that they've used incorrectly to bolster their argument. Um, And I will just, you know, one example (laughs) is going to, I'm really worried we're going to get backlash for this, but things like um, there was an argument about trans women attacking other women in changing rooms and toilets and that was one person's key argument in this post and I thought where are your stats where is the information where is the fact that these incidents in changing rooms when has it happened I would like to know when it has happened you know where how many times is you know is it a pan What's that word when it's on larger scale? I want to say pandemic. Yeah. Epidemic. Epidemic. Thank you. Not pandemic. Oh, my gosh. No, pandemic yeah. is worldwide. I think epidemic is yeah. is a smaller. When it spreads. But, yeah, is it an epidemic that we just don't know about, that, you know, trans women are attacking people in, in changing rooms? Do you see what I mean? And I just think those kind of things I get sucked into because I find it so infuriating. Mm-hmm. And it angers me because... It's people saying things to bolster an argument that is based on untruths. and It's based on opinion. It's based on opinion, but it's saying things that aren't true based on that opinion to make it so, to make it justified. But that's that leads on to the king of misinformation and fake news is <sighs> the what's it himself. Mr. Trump. Yeah. Now, how many times did that guy stand up and say something and then later go, I didn't say that? And you're like, oh my God, what? And if he didn't like something that was written, it would be fake news. And that's now become a phrase which is coined so frequently mm-hmm. um, that it's it's like it's become its own meme. It's been put yeah. in a dictionary. It's, you know, it's it's out there as a as this new term. And I noticed some um, uh, some websites now, some of the social media sites, if you go to share something, if you haven't read the article, it says, do you want to read this without sharing mm. it? There may be misinformation in here yeah. or, you you know, and it's actually making you aware of, hold on a minute before you do that, have you yeah. read it all first? But there's nothing on there to police the articles in the first place unless people report it unless people report it or flag it up or say 
this is offensive this is not based on fact mm. you know and it's there's so much so much noise on social media isn't there i mean yeah i i was thinking about the sort of negative impacts on mental health you talked about depression and anxiety and it took me back to a story that was in the news that not that long ago about a, a schoolgirl. i think she was maybe 12 or 13 who had taken her own life because she was getting cyber bullied online and this even at that point I didn't have any children and I was the thought of it just made my blood mm. run cold because when I was bullied at school it was all out in the open I would go home I would say to my mum this has happened and we deal with it that little girl was mm. in her bedroom on her own with those messages and I tried to go online to find out further information about that and the google pages i mean the first four five six pages of google were just constantly news articles girl 13 dies from suicide because of cyber bullying you know bullies drive um teenager to her death and it's just constant it's pay it's post after post after post yeah. about people that have taken their own lives because they cannot take what's online and it's not just children we only mm. have to look back at caroline flack yeah and the whole hashtag at the time of be kind because she was so mercilessly hounded by people and looking back at, at the media as well mm. and how like you know magazines would take pictures and say oh yeah. she's let herself go look how fat she is having that from all angles all the time it's and and now where are we is be kind even featured anymore is that even a thing anymore it's it's forgotten about yeah. as soon as it's a thing and it's just it's such a terrifying world yeah how do you protect from that and this is where that disinformation misinformation with caroline flack as well when the media were reporting you know oh she's been arrested and all the details weren't coming out exactly what had happened. So the media was making it up, which then the social media gets onto, which then creates more chat, which then makes it fact, which then makes it solid. And then that becomes the information that people receive. And it's all based on lies, someone mm -hmm. filling in the gaps and getting it horrendously wrong. Um, in the art, there's a, in the art of war, Sun Zero, all warfare is based on deception. And that is so true because fake news, information being manipulated in social media, that is powerful. And as we've seen with China and Russia, it can completely, well, it's an attempt to topple massive election processes. It was a massive um, drive when, when COVID came out of, you know, trying to make us see how, poorly leaded we were being and misinformation about COVID and how to handle it. But the British Parliament did an inquiry and they did a study which was spread on the false and misleading and persuasive content um, that can either be automated. So don't forget there are autobots and bots out there yeah. or human or both together, which distort um, what's true in order to create influence or to intimidate or to make money or to influence political elections, as we said. And they placed that disinformation and misinformation to six categories. So the first is content that's fabricated or completely false, mm -hmm. which is what we've just said. Content that's manipulated by distorting informational imagery. So that's deep, the deep other... Fakes. Yeah, deep fakes, yeah. 
content that's an impersonation of genuine sources. So I guess that's cloning kind of, um, what do you call it? Like accounts and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Content that's misleading. So that's clickbait. How many times have you seen something in a news feed that's, and you've gone, oh my gosh, that's a headline, clicked on it, and it's got nothing to do with the headline at all. Do you know what? The, I'm the worst for that. When it gets to December every year, it comes up on Facebook and there's a link that says, worst snowfall in decades yeah, predicted. And it's it's always a Daily Express. Always. Yeah. And I'm always like, oh, snow. And I click on it and I'm like, oh, I've done it again. But do you know what? That's how to <laughs> clickbait British people because I did that as well. So <laughs> we don't deal with snow people. Um, content that has false context of connection. So the use of headlines that have no relation to reality or story facts and content that's baked with satire and parody. So, for example, humorous stories or memes that are just false that have been taken out of context. So those are the six main ways of social media manipulation. It's it's crazy, isn't it? Because social media has. Do you remember the Tide Pod challenge? Yes. Yeah. Now, like... How many people go, died? I can't, I can't remember. But going back way before that, do you remember the ALS ice bucket challenge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. that was such a... That was probably one of the first of its kind, huge campaigns on social media. People tagging people all around the world saying, donate to ALS, you know, do the ice bucket challenge. And it actually was a really positive movement. But then you had the Tide Pod Challenge, which obviously, thankfully, was not taken up by many people, but it was taken up by a lot of teenagers yeah. eating, um, well, they're not called Tide, because Tides are the American ones, aren't they? But It's like, like uh, Ariel. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Other brands are available. Are available. <laughs> um, you know, and put them in their mouths and popping them, the one, not the ones that got powder in, but the ones that got full liquid in. Firstly, I'm like, that is disgusting. Who's going to want to do that? Apparently a load of teenagers. Um, I don't know what the benefit of it was. I don't know why you would do it, but so many people did it. And the ingesting this stuff mm. actually hospitalized so many people and a couple of people did die from it. So you're on Google now. Excellent work. I am. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> but I just think, you know, it can be used for such um, wonderful things, social media, you know, the fact that our children can now use the internet to find out any piece of information that they want. But it's also a terrifying place that things like this take off and that, you know, don't pick up any warnings on social media. You look like you found some statistics. Yeah, that's a shock. Um... Tell us. The the uh, the pause there uh... is... is uh... Yeah. Just, just checking my sources. Okay. Um, ten clickbait, deaths. Clickbait. Clickbait. <laughs> 10 deaths. Wow. And 37 poison cases. Wow. 10 people died from doing that stupid thing. Like, it's it's toxic in a way that, you know, it. one of the things that I read um, that impacts people the most is the desire for attention, the, adi- mm-hmm. the desire for approval, mm-hmm. the likes, the comments, the shares, you know, yeah. it almost proves that you're, 
you know, you're making it, you know, you're, you know, oh, mm. look how funny I am. Look how pretty I am. Look how this, look how that, you know, that's all, you know, I don't post pictures of myself anymore. I post pictures of Freddie and they're like, people are like, oh my God, he's so beautiful. And I'm like, that does it for me. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it seems like we've stopped looking in the mirror and I'm a fine mm. one for this because I don't look in the mirror and say like, I love what I see anyway, but we've stopped looking at ourselves and the people directly around us, the people that are there in hu- in human mm. form saying what they're saying to us. And now we're, we, we depend on strangers on the internet. Mm. Like, yeah. How screwed up is that? I think the other thing that's screwed up as well is even friends and so on around us, we just tend to think we know what's going on in their lives because of what they put on social media. Mm-hmm. Well, people, so, like, you only post what you want people to see. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, so-and-so went off on holiday. Oh, I hope they had, good, had a good time. Well, why don't you actually contact them? You know, it's yeah. just kind of, you just assume that people are living well and living their lives because of what they're posting on internet. We don't, we, we stop that interaction. Yeah. I think I would use social media a lot less if I didn't, I I try and draw myself away from it if I didn't use yeah. it so much for work and things. Yeah. Because I'm on there. Like, for example, the, the posts that we put up, on our pages I'll go on there and I'll post something and then I'll spend another 20 minutes on there fanning about looking at dog videos and yeah llamas and stuff and you know and that's cool because that gives me that dopamine hit that I need yeah 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 and I'm trying with all my social media now to strip out the negativity because it's something that Vic said when she was on here Vic Kleinsman when she did her eating disorder podcast and she said on social media, make sure you're following people that you want to aspire, you know, that you relate to, not mm. things that are so unattainable that it's mm. creating depression and anxiety and making you feel so bad about yourself, you know. And so I've tried to, like I say, with my block list and my deleted friends list, and, you know, I'm yeah. trying, I'm desperately trying to unfollow things now that I might have followed 10, 15 years ago. I yeah. just think, do you know what? That's not relevant. You know, the guy who came to fix my lamp once in a house 10 years ago doesn't need to see my Facebook. Yeah. You know? Sorry, it's man, who fixed my lamp. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is interesting. You know, if I, I think hand on height, if I look through my Facebook friend list, I probably wouldn't remember a lot of the people who are on there that I once met on one day. <laughs> Yeah, many moons ago. I know, right? I did it. Yeah. I went to um, I went to a party a couple of years ago, and I met this woman, and um, she added me on Facebook the next day, and she lives in London, and I live here, and I'm like, I'm never gonna see her. Yeah, why are we friends on Facebook? <laughs> but equally, you can you I don't know. Do you have kind of social media friends who kind of like things, and you've never met them? But they're kind of you've almost got similar tastes in things that oh, you... like people that you've like on Twitter and Instagram and stuff, yeah, rather than Facebook, yeah, 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 yes. yeah. So not yes. not friends, as in you know they like people your you know. social media posts and you like theirs, and it's yeah. kind of you never met them, but yeah. you know, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I follow about five hundred eighty-seven dogs that um <laughs> on Instagram that I'm liking all the time, and they always like like something back that I've done. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's lush, isn't it? It's yeah. kind of you know, you found a, a kindred spirit or, you know, a solid connection with someone or 
a dog that you've never met before. Um, yeah. So I it can th- have it, it can have its positives, but as we said, it's a it, social media is a scary beast that when you see how it can be manipulated, how it can be used not for its good intentions, it's quite a scary place. Um, and I think my decision quite early, there are a few pictures of Ellie as a baby on social media, but I don't put pictures of her on social media now. And if I do, then I I cover her face because mm-hmm. I just think I would rather give her a choice yeah. to be a part of the social media than world than to put her in at a young age when she didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say that I look at pictures of young kids and so on thinking, oh, you shouldn't be putting that. It's, it's that's your choice. choice. And it's lovely to see them, you know, that I, I love seeing kids happy and friends' kids in particular, because again, you don't always get to see your friends. And so it's really nice seeing seeing kids grow up in, in social media. But my choice is not to do that for Ellie. That's just mm-hmm. my choice. I don't have a strong opinion about others who do theirs. It's just my choice to do that. So what do you think about people? Because this was, I, I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was an England cricketer, but I can't remember if it was. So that might be a total a total, total fabrication. But it, it was someone who is um, quite well known in the British public, a British like sort of celebrity. And um, he had written something on his social media many many years ago which is deemed offensive and it's come back to bite him in the bum now now a friend of mine actually got in touch with me because i obviously do social media and the marketing side of things and said i wrote something a couple of years ago and it's been flagged up uh for a job interview that i've got and i don't know how to get rid of it mm. can you help me and i was like well no because if i could do that I'd, I'd make a lot of money because <laughs> you have a digital footprint you know, and you cannot get rid of stuff, mm. you know, that easily. And mm. you, I think that's that's so inherently important to teach this generation that what mm. they are posting online is always available somewhere online. Yes, you have your hand up. Go on. I have a question. Um, okay, so... There was something that I think it was James Garner, director, put on years and years and years and years and years and years ago. I cannot remember the content, but again, it was something that was offensive, but something that he believed at the time or believed was funny at the time. It was flagged up again. I think he actually lost his job on one of the Marvel films because of it. And there was a massive kind of uprising of actors supporting him and so on saying, that is not him now. He would never find that funny now. He has grown. He has learned. And so that and people do things that I found funny years and years and years ago. I've kind of, and, and words and things, you know, I'm not going to say the words, but, you know, some words that are actually quite offensive. Mm-hmm. I would never dream of saying now because I've gone through that learning process. I yeah. know now why that's offensive and why you shouldn't say it and you know I I would hate to hear other people say it Mm -hmm. but if I'd have put that in a post years and years ago and it came back now is that fair even when I've done some time to grow reflect and now have a completely different mindset is that fair um (laughs) 
it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's I I well, I had this conversation at the time with Neil, and I said I don't think someone can be held accountable for something that they said when they were maybe um you know a teenager or you know and like you said you've gone through a learning process I suppose it depends on the context and what's been Mm. said um but I don't think you can hold someone up for something that they've done especially if they've said look I'm sorry that was really offensive I'll you know I'll take it down if they own their mistakes but it does depend on what's been said I think do you agree yeah, we're going back to the whole freedom of speech thing again. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I suppose at any point, anyone, and, you know, I sort of sit here and say, you know, someone shouldn't be posting that because it's offensive. But then there might be five people who say, I don't find that offensive. I find mm. that that's my opinion. And yeah. then almost my opinion then to them is offensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that does happen with some debates. Yeah. And it's, it's really difficult because I think especially for trans people at the moment there is so much noise on social media and so much toxic behavior I think it takes away from so much that's needed to be done for trans people it's it's such a vile place at the moment the arguing and Mm. you know the negativity but because I feel so strongly I haven't deleted the accounts that necessarily, I mean, I don't follow a certain author, but I do often see her um, retweeted um, yeah. by other people. So I see what she's written um, and see the responses. And I try to withdraw myself from the negativity, but I feel so intensely passionate about some of the elements yeah. of it that it's like, no, I I don't know. It's weird. I kind of don't want to get embroiled in an argument online because it takes so much away from life, doesn't it? It takes a lot for you when you're on social media and you see something that makes you angry, for me, and makes me angry. I'm like, oh, you know, and it really, it really riles me more than it should. I think because it's quite difficult to comprehend how other people can have such a strong opinion that counters yours. And I think that's that's human nature, isn't it? Yeah. If you see something as green and that is your firm belief that it's green and someone says, uh, no, it's purple, then you think, how how in the world can that be purple? And I think from my point of view, particularly as we're on the topic with the trans debate and, and looking at said author, I've heard so many points of she is not transphobic, she's not transphobic because... And I've read it and I want to get a better understanding of the opposite argument. I want to understand... Am I getting it wrong? Am I have I got this strong opinion that actually isn't quite right? Am, am I better informed? What what is this? And just trying desperately to understand both sides mm. of the argument. And like yeah. you said, there is misinformation, and we're not playing, you know, angelic whiter than white here. There are some trans supporters who are exacerbating and being quite aggressive and offensive back and they do not represent um, the community or us in terms of, you know, threatening violence and those kind of things. That's that's not right. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, talking about a certain, certain person and this relates to a post I saw last week and it was either... 
um the Isle of Jersey or like the Isle of Man or somewhere. I'm not sure. Is it called the Isle of Jersey or just Jersey? I don't know. Either way. I think it's just it, Jersey. It was a, it was an island somewhere. And basically mm. they had put out on their social media a post which said um trans transgender men, uh females assigned at birth with a cervix or non-binary people are invited now to book their cervical screening tests um on you know now you know don't put it off it's really important get it done mm. and there were so many comments of people saying oh my god just write woman just write woman why do you have to write all the rest of this crap you know and I'm just like oh my god you know I don't feel I know there are some people that feel so strongly about this i.e turfs that are so adamant that you know, no, but then it's like, well, not every woman has a cervix mm. and, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't quite work like that. So it's done to be inclusive. And if it's not actually related to you, why are you bothered about it? Why does it matter? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing I think we're talking about with this author. There are things which she has said, which she has an opinion on. And I mean, it's all her opinion, but she has said, this I don't feel is right. And this is why, but it's when she wades in on things which don't, mm. which aren't, you know, like for example, um, there's a trans guy, I can't remember his name, Kenny, Kenny, he's on Instagram, he's got a fantastic Instagram page, and he posted up talking about people who have periods, and she waded in saying, women, you mean women, and he stood up and said no. Because not every woman has a period. And, you know, and people who have periods aren't always women. Mm. And it's a, it's a valid point. But there was no reason for her to step up and say that. No. It, and it's just fueling the fire. And she has so many followers that you think, is it right for someone on that platform with that much influence to be mm. being that... I don't know what the word is, extremist. Mm. I don't know. But then it's freedom of speech again. We come back to it. It's, it's And it's an opinion. But it's an offensive opinion because it's erasing non-binary, trans. It's erasing people full stop. Mm. Do you know what? The whole... Go on. Go on. Go on. No, go on. No, go on. You go. No, you go. I don't oh, want to go. Don't do that. <laughs> no, you... It's because we're treading in territory. We always said we would never go down. I know, I, think we, I know. And I, up now. <laughs> I kind of feel like um, we need to do a whole episode on this. Um, yeah. But no, what I was going to say is I think we need to do, much like our true crime that went out two weeks ago, where we were yeah. like, we should do a second episode. I think we need to do a follow-up episode on this with yes. some more details. And I think it would be really interesting to get people's take on it as well. But before we go... Mm. Did you look at any ways that people can stay safe online when it comes to, um, yes. you know, toxic environment, as it were? Yeah, definitely. So first of all, a really good way of protecting yourself is just assess how you feel before you log on to social media. Um, if you haven't done a cleanse or, you know, you are open and you're following all sorts, you never know what you're going to get on there. That's that's the fear but beauty of social media. Um, is you never know what you're going to get. So 
how are you feeling before you log on? Are you feeling down? Are you feeling vulnerable? You know, if so, is seeing something that's going to cause FOMO or, you know, low self-esteem, is it worth the hit? Um, And it also is a kind of sanity stop of, I've just picked up my phone, right? What was I going on here for? You know, stopping that habit of actually how am I feeling before I go on? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then set time limits, as we I said before with that study, setting your time limits can actually decrease um, anxiety, depression. It can really help your mental health. So even if you have to put a little timer on it, because once you start down that social media um, spiral, it can get quite out of control. So yeah. maybe set a timer, set limits on your use and set the limits on the platforms because this, oh, I don't know about you, but I'll flip from Facebook to then Instagram to then Twitter. I'm like, no, just do one, just do one. Pick you one. know, you have to check all of them. Um, so yeah, set limit and, and platforms as well. As you said before, so beautifully, unfollow any accounts that make you feel bad. Any negativity, you know, only follow the good. If if something leaves you feeling envious, low, you know, like it's your confidence has taken a battering, or even if it leaves you feeling a bit angry, unfollow. It's not worth it in your life. Um, be more intentional on your time on social media as well. So if you are going in there, what are you going on there for? What are you looking for? Um, is it to look at a particular topic that you want to have a look at? Is it to look at someone in particular that you've wanted to see what they're up to today? Um, and in for that, opt for a more nourishing activity. So do you need to go on social media or can you swap it out with going for a walk? Can you opt it with making yourself a cup of tea? What can you opt out for a more nourishing, fulfilling activity rather than doom scrolling on social media? Nice. The only other one I've got to add to that is taking apps off of home screen. Nice one. Make it harder. Yeah, yeah. make it harder. Neil did that with his Twitter and then he took it off his phone completely because he was like, he just went looking for it. <laughs> he took it off the front page, put it on the next page and still went on it. So he took it off completely, uh, which I'm not brave enough to do because I don't sit with my laptop. But um, So yeah. here's a challenge if you would like to. So I, I want to limit my screen time. Mm-hmm. Shall we do a week's experiment? Depends and what the limit, experiment is. Limiting our screen time daily to 30 minutes. 30 minutes yeah and is this just on social media yeah so, so that, that includes twitter instagram facebook tiktok how are whatever we gonna, the how are we gonna police it well, i'm gonna have to trust you aren't i <laughs> i don't know if i can trust myself <laughs> <laughs> and you know what it's like it's like when i say right I'm going to start healthy eating tomorrow. And then I have a biscuit at like half past 10. And I'm like, oh, and I forgot I was on a diet. <laughs> I'm going to offset that with a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyone got any lettuce? Um, yeah. Okay. Let's let's try it. Um, okay. 30 minutes a day. Yeah. But when? When are we starting? What day is it today? Tuesday. So let's start tomorrow, Wednesday to Wednesday. Oh, okay. Right. You'll have to remind me. Text me in the morning. Hopefully I won't have been on in on Instagram for half an hour at that point. And then we can do an update as to how we feel. Okay. Done. All right. Agreed. Good. Done. All right. And on that note, I can't believe you set me a, a challenge. I mean, I, I, I did vegan. Was that not enough for you? Nah, nah, nah. 
<laughs> I knew that wasn't going to stick. More. <laughs> we need more. Right. Okay. Well, on that note, let's uh, let's say goodbye. Goodbye. It's going to let you close, but I mean, oh, okay. Fine. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, thank you for listening, everyone. Sorry, I have got real brain fog today. Um, thank you, Lemsit Pills. Other pills are available. Um, yeah, thank you so much for listening to today. If you have been affected by anything we have talked about today or want to get in touch, please do. We are we're on social media. Um, or, or, but don't go on there very often. Don't get, yeah, we're not going to be on there much over the next week. Please like um, and share. Please like and share, but we are on uh, our website. We're on Podbean. So please feel free to send us messages there or directly by email and we will get back to you. We will revisit this topic. Um, So by all means, join us again to revise and continue this chat. If you like what you hear and you want to support us, go and buy us a coffee um, or a tea. Anything else you fancy? Snowball. Snowball. Nice. Mm, yeah, yeah, nice. How very 80s of you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can find all the details on our website of how to buy us a coffee on there. Excellent. Sounds like Freddie's just woken up at this end, so it's perfect timing. Fab. Well, right, thank, thank you again. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.